we acknowledge the Mamahood Maiwe podcast is recorded on the beautiful land of the Garner people, the traditional custodians of the land on which we work, parent, play and live. We recognise their continuing connection to land, water and community and pay our respects to Elders past and present and all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome back to episode 26 of the Mumhood My Way podcast. Oh my goodness, I have been loving having a little downtime and I'm continuing the downtime. I've actually got the week off work to soak up the last six days with my parentals who are visiting from Scotland. So I'm keeping this nice, short, sharp and shiny except it's a little bit of a contentious one. You know, I just thought I would come back into your ears with a bit of a, a bit of a hot topic, a bit of a, a spicy one. So I would love to know what you think on what I'm about to share. I saw a birth announcement this weekend that triggered me. I'm not going to lie, it did. It triggered me, but it got me thinking about how we can do better. How we can do be- better for mamas of traumatic births. And I think this would be a really simple thing that we can avoid in our birth announcements just like we have shifted away from the term natural birth to describe a vaginal delivery. So let me know what you think of the episode once you've had a bit of a listen and let's jump in. Hello beautiful mama, I'm back in your ears. I hope you had the most loveliest week last week. Even though there wasn't a podcast step, I'm sure you were hanging out for it. <laughs> well, I'm back. I'm here in your ears. And today we're talking about something. I've got a bee in my bonnet, guys. I've got a bee in my bonnet and I want to share it on the podcast. I want to get your perspective on it and see if you agree or disagree about this little thing that's cropped up over the weekend that ground my gears. This podcast is all about supporting you to realise the benefits and put into place self-care practices and ways of feeling really fucking good in motherhood. But it's also to shine a light on the things that are problematic, certainly from my perspective. And having gone through postnatal depression, post-traumatic stress disorder related to the birth of my son, what are the things the added fuel to the fire? What are the things that we aren't particularly, we don't help ourselves in society with? And one of those things is glorifying a pain relief free birth. Even having this in your birth announcement is problematic. This might be triggering because maybe you did this. Maybe you popped it in that you know, mum and baby are doing well and mum is an absolute trooper because she didn't have any pain relief. I have issues with this for so many reasons, just as I have issues with things related to breastfeeding. I think this is just another area where we are creating a whole load of problems. And we need to stop glorifying pain relief-free births. And the reason we need to stop doing this is because it is not or should not be worn as a badge of honour. As mums, like we should feel very proud 
that of the birth that we've got through, no matter how you got through it, no matter how you got through it and what eventuated, because the physiology of every single birth is going to be different. And what I know to be true is that it does not matter if you are completely prepared or completely unprepared, whether you labour at home or you labour in hospital, whether you have a vaginal birth or a C-section or there are medical interventions or there are not, you are incredible. It is not your fault if you need to have intervention and that was not in your plan. It is not your fault if your baby decides to come early it's not your fault if you have issues during pregnancy. It's not your fault if you have issues issues during labour. It is luck. It is luck. And yes, there are women who prepare exquisitely and undertake all of the mindful birth practices and what was it called? I bloody did it. Hypnobirthing. I did it. Josh and I went for two weekends to a course together and we were very much committed and looking for a pain relief free birth and the reason that we were so adamant or I was so adamant at at having like no nothing except gas in air was because I had read so many things and horror stories about the impact that drugs or intervention in birth can have on your baby and your breastfeeding journey. And I had absorbed all of these, like this fear-mongering, scare-mongering. And what did that do? It demonized pain relief for me. And so when it came to our birth, which we had an obstructed labor in that Brody was in a really difficult position. He was stuck, he was stuck and he was distressed. And that's why we had a really late in labour. We had a really prolonged labour of 72 hours. I was pain relief free, bar paracetamol, until 52 hours. So for nearly, for over two days, I didn't have anything. Then I really tried to just manage through gas and air. And it was only when my midwife said, you're not progressing, I think we need to, like, we need to start on the, you know, the, what's it called, syntocin, to speed things along with the contractions, was when she said, and I think to get through it, you've not slept, you've not eaten, I think you're going to need an epidural because you're exhausted, and I don't think you can take this pain anymore. He was back to back, which is very painful. They didn't know that at that point, but I figured because the back pain was excruciating and he was stuck. And so I wasn't progressing. I was getting all the contractions without the progression. You know, so with the best will in the world, you can have the best intentions. You could, you can want this. But had I been a bit more open to the possibility that we might need to have drugs and we actually ended up having all the drugs because the epidural failed three times four if you count it was like a minor slip and then it went back in again we had to have fentanyl I had something put into my collarbone 
I had everything actually in the end because because the epidural failed, they were trying to compensate that. And so they were just shoving everything in me and I didn't even know because I was so out of it. Like Josh was just in bits looking at me because I was breaking, like he was literally ripping me inside. And obviously he was distressed and so was I. And I don't think I, I can't even put into words how much pain I was in before the pain relief kicked in. And when the, it was seven hours of failed epidurals, like stop, start, stop, start. And that was so traumatic because it was like, I would get a second of relief and then it would come back. The needle fell out, they put it in the wrong spot. My birth stories, episode one, just in case you want to go through the whole saga with me. But it was so traumatic. And but I was so resistant to pain relief because I had scared myself into resisting it when if I had just been open and realized that actually an inter- intervention is needed in a circumstance like that Brody was never coming out himself and if I had stayed at home any longer we could have been in real trouble so what what my issue is isn't celebrating the fact that you got through labor and you had the birth that you wanted I think that's the point Can we not just say I had the birth that I wanted without triggering other people, making it seem or adding to the narrative that a pain-free birth is the golden standard, just like skin-to-skin is the golden standard and breastfeeding is the golden standard, when for so many of us it doesn't eventuate like that. If it was a tiny minority that didn't have to go through like problematic labors then I would feel differently because I would be like I would feel like the unfortunate one and that you know for most people it can be the way that they you know they hope for and it can be um you know if they want that for a start because not everybody wants drug-free pain-free and not everyone will be triggered by that language but the fact is I have spoken to so many mothers who have had births have gone so far from what they had hoped. And and actually, it's a rarity that people have had a straightforward planned birth, the birth that they had really wanted and wished for and worked for. It's like the language that we use, you know, in, in birth. Like when I remember someone saying to me, well, there's been a failure to progress. You've had failure to progress. And I'm like, why are you using the word failure right now? Like I failed to give birth naturally. I failed to breastfeed. Like this all loaded on to the to the mindset and my mental health issues after the fact because I felt like I had my body had let me down when in fact she my body was amazing. My body survived the greatest pain. I mean, the doctors, if if the if medical intervention wasn't available, I would have died. I would have died. Four minutes it was from those machines going off and deciding he's coming out to being in the theatre and, and him being cut out. And so I'm so grateful for the medical intervention. I'm so grateful. And even if that meant that that then affected our birth, our breastfeeding situation I'm grateful to be alive and I'm grateful that he is healthy and he is safe 
I mean, what about the babies that are born at 24 weeks and not able to survive without medical intervention? Like, why are we demonizing? Why are we seeing it as less than? Why do we need to wear it as a badge of honor? Why on earth will we be putting it in our birth, in our birth announcements? I, I don't get it. I don't understand. I do understand. Sorry. I do understand. I do. I think it's very important to people and that they, they hold on to that. But I held on to it and it affected me negatively. And I guess I just want to make, I just would like us to be a little bit more aware about what we're sharing and how we're sharing it and how that might make other people feel reflecting you know I'm st- I was triggered reading the birth announcement this week this weekend that used the line she had zero pain relief I had zero pain relief in my birth and I just thought why why would you even need to say that why is it even a thing I think given the spotlight on on traumatic births and the work that we're trying to do to support those I think this would be something really easy that we could all do that just make it that little bit better, that little bit brighter for mums on the other side of a traumatic birth. It's not your fault. It doesn't make you less than. It doesn't mean that you've not done well by your child or that you've not nailed childbirth because you have. You have, and it's taken me over two years to feel like that. I actually have shifted from feeling like a complete and utter failure from feeling like someone whose body wasn't capable to feeling like the strongest woman in the world. And I actually feel like given what I went through and given what so many mums go through to bring their babies our side, I'm just, I'm so grateful. I am so grateful. And knowing that you can do everything in your power and yet it can still all go wrong. It can still all go wrong. And if you are healthy and so is your little one, that is all that matters. Nothing else does. It doesn't matter where, when, how it happened. If you have your little one at the other side and you're okay. And then there might be healing work to do. There might be a lot of damage to repair mentally, physically. But we can do that. But we just don't need to add fuel to the fire by making ourselves think that that there's this golden standard of birth that we should be adhering to or we should be aiming for your birth is your birth and it will be what it will be and I think again if I was to do it again which I don't plan to but if I was I would be prepare for the worst and hope for the best that's what I would do that would be my whole and he, he gets out then great but I've This is just one simple thing I think we can do to make, to support mums of traumatic births that little bit better. I think this is something really simple. I think it wouldn't take much just to not mention it. I don't think it's something that would necessarily impact anyone at all. And, but I think it could make a real difference if we start changing the language around pain relief free births and natural births we are beginning to move away from the use of natural and going to vaginal and I think that's been a really positive shift for mums of with um who have c-sections or forceps delivery both of which are pretty full-on in their own right so I think that's been hugely positive and we could just do the same with this as well 
that is my position on it. I feel really passionate about it. I would love to know if you agree or disagree. Come on into the DMs and let's have a chat about it because I'm here for it. I'm here to shift my perspectives and learn. And, you know, I did do a bit of reading and I was going to bring in some stuff around, you know, the medicalization of birth. But actually, I just feel like this isn't about data or science. I think it's about people's just being human and just acknowledging where we're at with the number of traumatic births that happen to women and how unavoidable these are in 99% of cases. It's it's never our fault. It's, it's really not. And the sooner that we can accept that and know that and truly believe that in ourselves, I think the sooner that we can let go of having this hectic mum guilt and what I believe are some of the things that can contribute to postnatal depression and really struggling in the fourth trimester. So I think we can all do better. That is the message from this podcast this week. Nice short one today and I will be back in your ears next week. Music